Welcome back to the EdTech Takeout. This is episode 117, and I'm joined today by my official co-host, Gina Rogers. Hey. Hey. Welcome hey. back. It was like a long summer. It was a long summer. That felt super short. I know. <laughs> it did. It felt like, it was like, and it's May. Oh, it's October. It's October. So our plan was that this episode was supposed to happen in, um, well, our next episode was supposed to happen in September, and we've just been crazy busy, but... Yeah, we, we're here today. We are here today. Our first episode back of the 23-24 uh, school year, but yep. And so in honor of spooky season, oh, which okay. is October. It is. It's our birthday month. It is our birthday yes. month. Yeah. My birthday's tomorrow. Mindy's yep. is next week. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess, and also going along with that and things that die because <laughs> we're getting old. <laughs> oh my. Um, okay. Oh, a we have to talk about yes. the EdTech Tool Graveyard. Yes. And one that has joined that graveyard. Soon. 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 And that is Google Jamboard. Yeah. Devastating news, really, I think, for a lot of educators and for us as uh, digital learning consultants, you know, that Jamboard is going away, really is going to leave a, a hole in all of our hearts. I know, especially those of us who made iTech sessions. <laughs> for next week. For next week that yeah. featured some Jamboard yes. templates, and yeah. now that's, you know. <laughs> but at least it didn't happen on the day of, right? Right, right. So we had time to prepare ourselves. Right. Mentally. And, yeah. And Jamboard's not going away until next year. I think it's December of 2024. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Jamboards are super easy to, to use. So I, I don't think there's any reason to stop using it. But I do think maybe it's time to prepare yourself for a different tool. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Yeah. Yeah. We had the opportunity today to look at a few different potential replacements, mm-hmm. although I don't know if anything can fully replace Jamboard right. in our hearts. But we found some good potential candidates. Sure. So the first one that we looked at was Fig Jam. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is a pretty interesting little tool. Um, Mindy, did you guys play with this one? I did not, no. No, okay. All right, so I used it to, um, I used it, I'm going to be using it in a PD session this um, next week, but I set one up last mm-hmm. week. And so these are a couple things that I've found with it um, that you can use it for free as an educator. You do have to verify yourself as an educator. Um, We'll put a link in our show notes to get you right exactly there so you can go ahead and do that. So as far as for students, though, they don't need an account to access. So they will be able to get started in there just like they are in um, Jamboard. You can lock down the figs that you create or the fig jams that (laughs) you create, whatever you want to call them, Um, or you can make them shareable. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as importing other content, backgrounds, things like that, yes, you can. You can use templates that they already have created in fig jam or you can bring in your own kind of background image that you can use. The one thing that's kind of a little bit different about Fig Jam is that it uses like an infinite canvas. Mm-hmm. And so- um, Like you, Prezi, go similar, way back go to way back Prezi. In your, 
the recesses of your memory. <laughs> Remember how you zoomed in yeah. and out on different parts of the of the presentation. Mm-hmm. So Fig Jam's kind of the same way, where yeah. there's a a large canvas that you can work with, but in order to really see where you're um, contributing, you really have to zoom in to be able to to engage with that mm-hmm. area. So. I would say that the one thing that I found in Fig Jam that I loved was just there was so many different manipulatives like yeah. shapes, okay. drawing tools, um, different ways that you can vote up um, nice. ideas, things like that, icons that go with that, lots of stickers. So that's one thing that I thought was really, really fun about Fig Jam. Yeah. Unlimited amount of users can be in a single jam. A uh, fig. A fig, a fig or a jam. jam, a fig jam. <laughs> does, guys, we're gonna have to work that out. We don't yeah, know. We, we don't, don't know. know. We don't know. We'll probably get emailed by the. Company. Yeah, we will. <laughs> it's fine. Um, It'll be the first time. Yeah, and then um, age, thirteen years old or older. Mm-hmm. Um, Sixteen in California. Yeah. So I think the challenge with that we're finding right now is that Jamboard is pretty simplistic and very streamlined, right? All mm-hmm. of the tools that we have looked at today are going to require a little bit extra maybe instruction around how to use it with students. It's not just to hop in and start using it, kind of like Jamboard was. So mm-hmm. this feels like it has a little bit more bells and whistles, so might need a little bit more mm-hmm. guidance or support when you're showing it with students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's definitely, it's going to have more of a learning curve, I would say. Yeah. Um, but there's some real nice positives for it, too. I think uh, there's a timer that's built in yeah, there. Right. That's really mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. I mean, you can set a five-minute time for us to brainstorm okay let's go back and look mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of nice yeah so we looked at uh, uh, Miro this morning and I I don't I had an account and I've used it before it's just been a while and so when I got back in there I'm like oh yeah I kind of remember this so a couple things to know about Miro is that um, educators can have a free account students can also have a free education account but both students and teachers need to verify their education account, which when I looked at it, it was like the true like authentic authentication of an education account. So even your students had to put in like a school ID and like upload something. And so they needed a blood sample. Yeah. I mean, it was it was intense. Yeah. And so I saw <laughs> that and I kidding. was like, who who's going to want to do that? I'm not sure. And then the next thing that I saw was that it's also 16 and up. So that really limits our the amount Um, of grades and students that are able to use that. But there were some really neat things about it. So it also had an infinite canvas, uh, just like uh, Fig Jam does. The nice thing about this one is that you could direct people to specific spots in the canvas. So it had like a little link that you could share and it would pop you to that spot in the infinite canvas. I really liked that a lot. it also had something called talk tracks and it would provide you the opportunity to add video into certain places on your canvas so that you could provide instruction or maybe some directions or clarification of some sort and i really liked that idea too 
There were a ton of templates to choose from. Uh, you could upload different content. You could, you know, take screenshots of your jam boards of, you know, days of old and, and put those in and upload other types of content too. So lots of opportunity there. The hang up for me really was having to authenticate all of those student accounts one by one and the age of 16 plus. So yeah. Yeah. But it could be a great, you know, if you are uh, in secondary education of some sort or um, even adults, you know, professional learners, it might be something to look at then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we also took a look at Canva Whiteboard. Yeah. Um, and we love ourselves some Canva. We do love we Canva. We do love Canva. Um, so Canva Whiteboard is free for educators mm -hmm. um, and educators can also set up student accounts. Um, teachers will need to have parent consent for that account to exist um, for the students, but um, it, there is a mechanism there for teachers to be able to create student accounts. Students uh, will need to have a Canva for Education account and they need to sign in with an email. So that would be one thing that's maybe a little bit of a drawback is that they'll either have to sign in with their Google account or they'll have to set up uh, their own unique username and password for Canva and they'll have to sign in every time they want to interact and add to um, a Canva whiteboard. They can always view and not interact with it. Um, However, if they want to do anything, they do need to be signed in. So you can bring in a variety of different images, different content, things like that for students to interact with. Um, there's lots of different templates. That's one thing that I thought Canva had that was a, a, a bonus to sure. it, is that there was tons and tons of different templates for Canva um, users to choose from that were pre-made collaborative whiteboard spaces. Um, and this was one feature that was a little bit unique to Canva is that they also operate in kind of a infinite canvas mode where you can, you know, get really kind of lost in that canvas and, or you have to zoom way in to see what's, what's going on at a certain point in it. However, you can also add multiple pages to a whiteboard. It's like a universe of Canvas. <laughs> yeah. So, so similar to how with um, Jamboard, you used to be able to have you know multiple frames or whatnot. Right. Mm -hmm. You can do the same thing with yeah. Canva. And so, if you needed a unique kind of whiteboard space for each student sure. or something, you can make twenty pages mm -hmm. or whatever in mm -hmm. your Canva and have them each working on one. There's lots of different templates that come with different types of manipulatives and connectors, sticky notes, things like that. Um, I would say one thing is that if you're starting a Canva whiteboard from scratch, um, sometimes it can be kind of hard to find the different things that you oh, might sure. want to add onto it to have them create. So yeah. like there's not like ready-made stick sticky notes right sure, there right. if you're making it from scratch. Um, you could have up to 50 users in a single Canva whiteboard. Mm -hmm. And so that might be a drawback if you have a larger um, group that you're working with, like band or choir or something sure. like that. Right. Um, and um, as I said, again, this is a 13 plus 
tool, but teachers can have parents sign consent forms to use Canva for education. Yeah, so we looked through these three options, and I suppose as a team, we felt maybe slightly disappointed with how we we couldn't find something that was going to directly, you know, directly replace Jamboard. We just didn't. Uh, but one of the things we did talk about, too, is, you know, don't give up on Google Slides. Google Slides and Jamboard are certainly cousins, if mm. not, you know, siblings. It was just that Jamboard was so simplistic. So some ways that you could use slides that might help you replace Jamboard would be to, first of all, uh, use the gray space around those Google Slides. So one of the ways we've done that in the past is to create our own sticky notes uh, there in the gray space so that people can just pull them or students can pull them over into the slide. You can also think a little bit about the dimensions of those Google Slides too, if you'd like to make them a little bit bigger, um, to put those stickies in a place that might be more easily accessible. Uh, the other thing that I always thought kind of reminded me of Jamboard is looking at slides in, I think it's called Grid View in slides, mm, is that right? Yes. And that allows you to look at all of them uh, kind of in like a, mm -hmm. I don't know, oh, in a grid. I suppose in a that's, grid, that's I why they call why it. That's why they call that grid mm -hmm. view. Hmm. Uh, so that's kind of a nice way too. And if you show students, they're, they're able to look at it in grid view as well. So if mm -hmm. if anything else, actually that that view allows you to see all of them where with frames, you saw very tiny, tiny thumbnails of them. But within Gridview, you get a better a better look at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can also increase the real estate of space that you have to look at your single slide mm -hmm. by just turning off the film strip on the left-hand side. You right. can, like, hide that or put that away. So it gets you a little bit more uh, larger view of the current slide that you're, you're interacting with or looking at. So Google Slides does have the possibility, I think, of replacing Jamboard. Uh, I make all of my Jamboard backgrounds in Google Slides. So to me, it seems easier. So that might be something to think about, too, is adding that image as a background so that students aren't able to edit it. And then you could um, have students place things over top, just like you do in Jamboard, too. Mm-hmm. We're hoping that we gave you a few ideas as to how you might replace the gaping Jamboard hole in your heart. <laughs> um, and we'll continue to stay on top of these. We'll probably have some updates later on of how it's going using them and what we're loving and you know what are some different tricks of the trade that we've learned sure. from, from experimenting with some of these alternatives. Right, so don't give up hope. Don't give up don't hope. Don't give up hope. So we'd love to hear from back from you. So reach out to us on Twitter at, oh, not on Twitter on X on X at DLGWAEA or send us a message on Facebook through Facebook Messenger or on Instagram. You can always use our hashtag EdTechTO and share your thoughts with us too. So until next time, this has been the EdTech Takeout. We hope it hit the spot. <laughs>